Podcast. Welcome everyone to episode 45. My name is Luke. And I'm John. We're just a couple of dads who like to make the sharpest bets we can. And John, we're just a couple of dads who break down the fights that your buddies are too square to break down. Oh, Luke, we have an exciting one this week. We're breaking <laughs> down UFC Fight Night Las Vegas. That could be described in several different ways. I guess exciting could be one of them. Exciting is one. Stop making me laugh. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that's right. Ex- exciting could be one. But but let's let's break down some more adjectives that yeah, could be yeah. the right adjective to describe. I like this, it. This card, uh, peculiar, comes to mind. Curious. Very. Yes. Mm, like yes, very. Kind of strange. For sure. How, how about bewildering? Eh, <laughs> seems like a big word. Big word. Uh, I also came up with uh, effed up and BS. So, <laughs> those could well, work as well. If if you if you thought we worked for the UFC, you now know we don't. <laughs> uh, so let's be nice. Let's just officially name this fight night card. Interesting. Well, it'll be interesting, yes. <laughs> Turns out there are a lot of interesting bets here. It will be interesting to see how we break it all down for you. And it's going to be interesting to watch your square hole buddies breaking it down on Saturday. That's exactly when they're going to be doing it. But first, <laughs> hey, let's recap our best bets from a, a really good card, turns out. Very entertaining. Yes. And I mean that. Last week's UFC 290. Oh, it was great. Although the prelims did not end great for me. Lawler versus Price. I took oh Price. How could it go wrong? I honestly never saw it coming. And neither did Price, as the man gets knocked out quicker than I can place a bet on him. Price was not right on this particular fight. I did not like that. Aguilar versus Ross. I said Ross does not belong on the UFC, and Aguilar proved it. Took 17 seconds, Mr. Luke, and the Daddy Sharps get the win. One and one on the week, sir, for me. One and one. Hey, not bad, not bad. And I and I chased you on the uh, Aguilar fight, so uh, so I was loving that. Thank you for that one. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, you got the talk- big one. Wow, I, I man, <laughs> I dove deep onto this one, and uh-huh. I was I was sure this was going to hit. Huge winner for both of us, and for anyone who listened and took the same bet. Hargi yes. versus. Denise Gomez, Hargi, the three to one favorite in this one. The only way we broke it down of her having a chance to win this was that we knew Hargi would be forced to expose herself to the power of Gomes at some point. Little did we know that would happen in like the first couple of seconds of the fight. Thank God I was watching. I was, I was doing a little dance in the living room. Yeah. I'll be honest. Wife was like, What are you doing? Oh, you have she no has idea. no idea. No idea. She will. She will all by her yeah. tonight. Yep. Gomez won by knockout, of course, in the first round. An easy, I'm going to say easy in quotes, three to one best bet winner. Mm. But then next, we we both love this fight. Moreno versus Pantoja. Yeah. Great fight. You were leading Pantoja. I was leading Moreno. You said the fight would go the distance. I said it would end and finish. It went the distance and Pantoja <laughs> won. So, God damn it. At least, well, at least you won. I mean, it, it, but it was a Daddy Sharp's best bet loser. All right. Yes. Here we go. We've got to do it. We're All right, on to, we're on to UFC Fight Night, La- Fight Night Las Vegas. I, I'm just stumbling over my words because I can't get there fast enough. <laughs> is it a fight? It's maybe, a fight to watch to this card. It. That's what it is. <laughs> maybe I'm trying to get through it faster. I don't know. All right, but seriously, let's get excited about this, John. We are officially dubbing this card interesting. So yes. let's kick things off by discussing the interesting statistics behind this card. 
Well, in the many years that me and you have been breaking down these fights, we are going into uncharted territory on this one. Most of the fighters on this card, quite frankly, just aren't that good. In the male portion of the card, you have 10 fights. 10 male-on-male fights. That's 20 combined fighters. 15 are coming off a loss. That's 75% of the fighters on the male portion of this card coming off a loss, Luke. What do you think of that? (laughs) I'm still still laughing at the fighters making up a card that, quite frankly, just aren't that good. (laughs) But as me and you have demonstrated on this podcast before, to the untrained eye, that looks bad. But to a sharp, there is some massive value on this card, and we're going to lay it out for you in the next few minutes here. Yeah, that's right. And all jokes aside, there are some some really good value bets here. So here we go. It's time to break down our best bets for UFC Fight Night Las Vegas. And John, as usual, I would like you to start us off. I'm going to start off with a little prop here, sir. A very short prop, a five-minute prop. You're going to know rather quickly if you're going to win. Sadikov versus McKinney. My best bet here. This fight's going to end in round one, my friend. Both of these men, explosive fighters. McKinney, 18 professional bouts. All have ended in a finish. He doesn't win them all either. Eight of the last 10 fights he's had have ended in the first round. If you've ever seen this man fight, fast starter does not even begin to describe his style. He will start so fast. If he doesn't get you out of there in 60 seconds, He's exhausted, and he's probably going to go down before the three-minute mark hits. Sadikov on the other side, nine pro bouts to his name, eight half finishes, and I know what everybody's saying. He doesn't finish him as quick, but that with McKinney's fight style, I think Sadikov is going to be just fine in this one. One of them's going to be on the mat before the end of the first round here. I'm also leaning towards Sadikov with the win. McKinney fought one southpaw in UFC and Drew Dober. Drew Dober ended it in a round one knockout. Now, the funny thing about Dober, the reason I bring this up, his style, his reach, almost identical to Sadikov. Round one knockout, my friend. So this one's going to be fun while it lasts, but take the slightly safer option for the best bet here. A little better price, too. This fight's going to end in round one. Wow. Unprecedented. Picking the round. Going straight up with the round, my friend. That's a first for you. That means it must be serious. All right. I love (laughs) it, man. I I, I love it. I'll I'll go into the depths of hell with you, and that's fine. (laughs) Let's go. All right. (laughs) Hey, for my first best bet, I'm focused on a middleweight fight that I was certain, absolutely convinced that you were going to choose. I love this guy. Yeah, I know. One of your favorite (laughs) fighters. So we've got Albert Duryev versus Jung Yong Park, the Iron Turtle. Let's go, Turtle. Iron Turtle. Slight favorite, minus 160 right now. I like Park to win this fight by knockout. Let's yeah, go, sir. Let's go. I'm well, excited let's go. right now. You're, you heard me right, but before you call me crazy, let's. we need to understand the factors that go into why I see value in that specific bet. So, got two of them for you. Factor number one. We're looking at two fighters here who are not the best fighters in this weight class, but these are two fighters who have very high fighting IQs. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, For sure. That is is the Iron Turtles, besides his shell, the greatest attribute. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Which brings us to factor number two. These are two fighters who like to grapple and wrestle. Both average a little more than two takedowns per 15 minutes. Park with better takedown accuracy and better takedown defense. So 
When we add up number one and number two, we get our answer. And the answer is this, John. Mm. High IQ fighters who thrive at grappling and wrestling will most likely avoid that risk altogether. They don't want to grapple. They don't want to wrestle. They just don't want to do it. They are going to slug it out. And if one of them does tie up, maybe because they're getting beat on too hard, they're going to be up against the fence and they're going to be there for a while. I think staying on the feet favors Park and his superior punching power. Park is on a three-fight win streak and he's only been knocked out once in his career. Duria is coming off a split decision win and he's been knocked out four times in his career. Park to win right now is minus 160. Not not bad for UFC, right? That's a pretty yeah, good money line decent. number. Yep. There's better money on Park by KO. My best bet is Park to catch him with one, and he's going to win this one by knockout. So the next best bet for me here on the Daddy Sharps, Azatar versus Prado. My best bet here, I love Azatar and what should be another barn burner of a fight. Much like my other best bet, this one's definitely going to end in a finish, but I'm actually choosing the side here. I like the dog. I like plus money. I like Azatar to win this fight. Now you look back at his last fight, he fought Frivola, a guy that's ranked in the UFC right now. He lost in round one by knockout, which is why you're going to get plus money on this guy. It was an ugly loss. That was the first fight he's had in three years. He had to shake some of that rust off. He wasn't quite ready yet. Azatar, fast starter, every fight he usually has ends in round one. He's usually on the winning side. He's very active on the feet, having the highest striking output of this entire card. And he doesn't take many shots in the process. Prado, on the other hand, coming off a decision loss to one of your favorite guys, Malarkey, my friend. In that fight, Prado was outstruck 59 to 28 and surrendered three takedowns. Azatar, and my best bet, because Prado on the lower levels was putting people out. Then he fights a decent, not the best striker in the UFC, Malarkey. The numbers weren't even close. He was outclassed. He even got taken down by a guy that's considered a striker. Azatar, in his last three fights in the UFC, looks like the much better guy on his feet. With neither man looking to take this fight to the ground, I see Azatar just picking him apart easily, sir. And that's why I'm making him my best bet. Let the dogs out. The dogs. You have been pretty good on that with the dogs as of late. So hey, you uh, had the big one though last well, week. Well, there you got to <laughs> you got to break these things down like you see them, man. You just have to. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't let this one go. We we've got it. We've got to bet this. We've got to make it a best bet. It is the main event, the the bantamweight fight that that means so much for both of these fighters. We've got Holly, the preacher's daughter, home versus Myra Buena Silva. Anyone? Let's start with this who is riding off Holly Holm is just dumb. Do <laughs> not listen to them. She's approaching 42 years old, and while her boxing skills have dipped perhaps, nothing tells us that she's not still a top contender for the belt. She's right there, and she really needs this fight to get another title shot. Yep. On the other side, Silva is on fire right now. She is a brute, and she is also hungry for a title shot. She's the better submission artist than home. But do you think and do we think that she's really going to take home down to the mat to get oh. a submission? I don't think so, man. <laughs> I just don't see it happening. She can also box and she throws and absorbs a lot more strikes on average than home does. Yeah. So watch that right there. That's that. And John, earlier today, you sent me your thoughts on this fight. And 
and I, I read through it. I don't disagree. These, these are the points that you made. Holm hasn't been submitted since 2019, and she hasn't submitted any opponent since 2017. You think the better bet in this fight is that it goes the distance. Yeah, I agree. Yes. That, that maybe Holmes maybe Holmes too smart. She's yeah, she's been around for a reason. Yeah, and maybe it does. And she's still in good shape. But let's break down the prop bets that cost us around this fight to, to kind of give ourselves a, a different approach here. The earliest lines had home on the money line at minus 155. Silva was on the money line at, at plus 130. Fight going the distance was minus 180 early on. And the fight finishing inside the distance was plus 150 early on. So it tells me that Vegas is telling us that home yeah. is less likely to win inside the distance of the fight than Silva, even though she's the favorite in this fight. So, uh -huh. so accordingly, here's where I think the value is in this fight. If you like Silva to win this fight, the super value bet for you is Silva to win by finish. Or if you pick by submission, it's it's plus 350. By knockout is, is plus 400. Not, not horrible. Right. Not horrible. But those are her chances right there. Those are the mm -hmm. best value bets for you. And I would wait on making those bets until square money starts rolling in on home i.e. Saturday. Wait until Saturday if, if you like Sylvia. Those those numbers are going to get even better for you. Um, you, you know, the weigh-ins and, and com press conferences shouldn't change your mind if you're already on Silva. If you like home on this one, check out these numbers. Home by KO is plus 500. Probably not going to happen. By submission, plus 2,000. It's definitely not going to happen. To your point earlier about home and submissions, right? Yes, so the best early value for home looks like by decision, which is going to end up even or plus money, but you probably want to buy that one early on, like right now, if you don't already have it. So all that said, for <laughs> me, as much as I want to bet on Silva to win by finish or submission, I think there's some value there. Home is just too good, too hungry. And I, I just can't prove that Silva is going to do it until she does it if that makes sense we haven't seen it yet so why would i bet against home she wants to get that title shot she's getting older my best bet in this one is holly home by decision it's going to be good money i think that's the best value bet and she, tasty. Again, she, she needs this fight tasty and you when you hit female fights you only hit them for plus money and you hit them very often <laughs> yeah i like it it's tough to find values in there sometimes because there's just not a, as much data oftentimes on, on a lot of female fighters as, as there is in the background of male fighters um, because they, they they don't start the sports usually until they're adults, right? Male right. fighters have some background, oh, like you, you started wrestling as you when you were a kid. So yeah, there's value in there, man. I, I still like that fight. I like, I like it a lot. A lot riding yeah. on that one. All right. Those are all the best bets. So let's take a deeper dive now into the fight's that we also like on this card. We're going to start with a prelim featherweight fight. We've got Tucker Top Gun Lutz Ooh. versus Melsic the Gun Bagdasarian. Bagdasarian minus 220-210 right now. Is this a, is this going to be a shootout? Could be. Ha <laughs> ha! Top see, Gun versus the that. Gun, sir. See what he's I did Maverick. there. <laughs> Lutz, or Lutz, he's the grappler that uses takedowns to secure victories. 
He can and will get beat up in a stand-up battle. Does not look pretty when he's on the feet. Lutz has the stronger strength of schedule, losing to Sabatini and Pineda. Those two combined on the UFC, 8-3. and three. On the other side, you got a striker who is a striker in every sense of the word. Yes, he only gave up two takedowns and four UFC fights, but he's only faced 13 attempts. Lutz is going to shoot at this guy at least five times in this fight alone, based on his previous experience on the UFC. I see Lutz winning this one by turning it into a wrestling match and doing my favorite thing, laying and praying. <laughs> <laughs> laying and praying. All right, yes. man, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear me say this a lot from here on out in the podcast. I'm talking about how many losses each fighter has had because you're right. <laughs> it's just kind of. It's laughable. So top Top Gun is coming off of two losses. The Gun is coming off of one loss. Uh. Lutz looked overmatched in his la- by his last two opponents, uh, Daniel Pineda and Pat Sabatini. Uh, he's good on paper. He looks great on paper, but for me, it just doesn't show up on fight night. It just looks horrible. Uh. Uh, Bagdasarian is a decent kickboxer. He's pretty good at kickboxing, actually. But it takes a lot of effort to throw those kicks for 15 minutes. That's a lot of energy which means he'll need to end this fight early, and I think he will. I'm leaning Bagdasarian to win, the gun to win, and I think he does it in the first two rounds. We, my two dads are in disagreement. Two guns, two decisions. (laughs) Yes. It's a a shootout at the OK Corral. Oh, I like that better. Thank you. Edit that one in instead. Yeah. (laughs) Next up, we've got a prelim featherweight fight. We've got Austin Lights Out Lingo taking on Mel Kaisal Costa. (laughs) Costa. All right. So I'm going to lean Costa here. Lingo, decent fighter, big fight experience, including a six-fight win streak on the LFA before making the jump to the UFC. And the big show, he's two and two. This will be the first southpaw he's faced in the UFC against a switch hitter. He was outstruck 2-1, to one, which does not look very promising for him here. Costa came on to the UFC with a debut against a tough grappler in Tiago, American top team product. That's a very tough debut against a man with 10 fights in the UFC under his belt against some of the top competition in the weight class. That's why it's a lean for me. I like Costa in the matchup, but not enough UFC level action. To make it more than a lean. So he's all I'm only a lean here, my friend. Yeah, me too. And you know why? Because both fighters coming off losses. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Not on <Right>. this card. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Costa's fighting down in weight for this fight. Let's see if he makes weight first. Yep. Let's see, he's got a cut. Uh, he should be cutting right now as we are recording this. Um, he's the younger fighter, which also means that he's made some uh, a handful of poor, youthful decisions in a lot of his fights leading up to this point as well. Uh, if he makes weight, he could make, you know, match Lingo's punching power. There's that. I'm also leaning closer to win here, but I, I think this goes to a decision. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, let's move. <laughs> we, we have another prelim fight to the lightweights now. We've got Hennaro... Rayadito Valdez versus Evan the Phenom Elder. Elder, kind of a, you know, leaning a heavier favorite here, minus 300. Surprised by this number, to be quite honest with you. Like, I mean, let's be honest. I think he's coming off a loss, but (laughs) I'll make this one short. Elder, he's the better 
fighter and the book agrees at a tune of, like you said, minus 300 right now. Valdez hasn't fought in 18 months. And we all know how I feel about betting guys on long layoffs. Elder, 0-2 on the UFC. And to be honest, he was probably winning his last fight before suffering a third round knockout. If you are feeling frisky, fight to go to distance is another little prop you can sprinkle. Elder really didn't KO anyone on the lower levels, and Valdez had lower-level knockout power that has not translated to UFC. So that's the little sprinkle I like. Kind of take some of that minus 300 out. Fight goes the distance. Interesting. I like that. Uh, did, do you know what, though? Oh, oh. Both fighters are coming off two losses each. I don't believe it. Two <laughs> losses each. The matchmakers are really giving us a treat. God, I, I'm leaving Elder. I, I'm still leaning Elder to win because Val, Valdez has shown us when he fights UFC fighters, he gets pummeled and his chin is suspect. It, Valdez lost by ground and pound to Matt Favola. And then he lost by decision to Natan Levy. And he looked beat up after that fight. I, I went back and watched that fight again today. Yeah. Valdez had some good shots in there. He, he, looked, he appeared to have some good shots, I would say, but... He was almost KO'd in the first round. Levy kind of had his way with him. And then at the end of the fight, you just look at their bodies. And and Valdez, was he, his leg was chewed up. His midsection was chewed up. His face looked horrible. And, and Levy, nothing. There's nothing. So he just can't handle it. Um, uh, yeah, Elder wins this one. Next, <laughs> we have another prelim lightweight fight between Carl Deaton and Alex Munoz. Munoz is a slight favorite, minus 150. And this is your favorite fight on the card, I believe. Oh, I cannot wait. I'm going to have to get there early to watch this one. <laughs> uh, it's a fight, basically, I have no idea what to do with. They, I was going to say they both suck on the feet, but I'm going to be honest. They both just suck. Deaton gets taken down and can't get back up. <laughs> Munoz hasn't fought in two years. And when he was fighting in the UFC, the dude was 0-2. Munoz most likely wins with a lay and pray approach, another one, but I don't trust these guys on layoffs and the other guy can't get up when he's taken down. You know, the one thing passing. <laughs> okay, yeah, good call. The one thing that we're just going to refrain from is talking about the UFC and why this card is like this. It's just, it's an interesting card is the best thing we can, we, we yes. can, you know, we got to put them in a good light and the best possible light, you know, that we can, uh, because listen to this, Deaton is coming off a, a loss. Munoz coming off of two losses from two years ago. It just, <laughs> what, what are they, you know, I guess they just have to fill fights at some point, right? We got to fill the card. <laughs> Deaton is limited in his striking, striking and his grappling. So in other words, like everything. <laughs> he was a fill-in against Joe Selecki in February. You know, not fair. He got choked out in the second round. But does he get any credit for that? You know, lasting that long, lasting, lasting to the second? I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I hate to say this, and I and I don't want to offend anyone, but it, but if you put a gun to my head and said, okay, I had to pick one of these fighters, I might risk the odds of surviving the bullet. <laughs> I, it happens. It happens. I'm not betting this fight. <laughs> and we're moving on quickly to our prelim flyweight fight. We've got Tyson Nam versus Azat Maksum. Maksum, a heavy, heavy favorite in this one. This one actually, one of the better fights on the card here. So... Nam versus Maksum, and Luke, I love myself some Tyson Nam. I've loved yes, this guy do. when he's coming up. Hawaiian striker, hard, crisp, straight punches, high school wrestler in his background that he rarely uses in the octagon. I have no idea why. Iron chin, he likes to stand there right in front of you, take some shots and give it back. Dude hasn't been knocked out since 2013, but at age 39, 
He is one and two in his last three fights. In comes Maxum, a guy making his UFC debut that was dominant on the lower levels. But from the tape I saw, I would describe this guy as raw. He would overcommit on takedowns and then get reversed. He was also knocked down a few times. But there's some stuff I like, too. He still wins fights, 16 in a row right now. And when he gets hurt on the feet, he has the fighter IQ to immediately go for the takedown and avoid more damage. That's kind of a savvy vet move for a young kid. I like Maxum in this fight over the, I know it's 39 years old. So it's kind of unfair to call him this, but he's definitely a veteran. <laughs> yeah, 39 a, years old. Yeah. <laughs> you got to call him a vet. Yeah. Maxum minus 420. Last time I looked this, earlier this morning, Nam, you know, he bounces between weight classes. As you know, he's fighting as a flyweight in this one. You already mentioned he's getting up there in age. Maxum, a good puncher, but this is his UFC debut. Also, it's interesting, isn't it? It's just interesting. Yeah. Yes. Does he deserve to be such a heavy favorite? It scares me. <laughs> I know. I know. I I think he I think he can can go toe to toe. I I think he's younger and faster. I mean, we're gonna find out pretty quickly. But no bet for me on this fight officially. But I do lean Maxum to, to win here. Sorry, I know you like Nam. It's a good fighter. I I I did go Maxum as well though. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, yes. man. Let's go ahead and recap our best bets for this week. We do have some best bets and some really good value bets in these best bets. Yes. Sadikov versus McKinney. I love this fight to end in round one and just hope one man beats the crap out of the other one fast. And then the other one, I have Azatar versus Prado. My best bet there, Azatar to win straight up, and that is the dog, my friend. The but you got to get it quick because he is creeping up. Well, there you go. There you go. So my first best bet, I've got the main event, home versus Silva. My best bet is home to win by decision, not just win, but win by decision. There's value, better value in that bet. Duryev versus Park. My best bet, Park, the Iron Turtle, to win by knockout. Ooh. It's going to be a stand-up fight. He's going to win by knockout, John. Mark my word. All right. That's going to do it for the Daddy Sharps podcast this week. But remember, always gamble responsibly and within your means. And the bets that we share are based on our own research. We don't always win. Be sure to check us out on social media at Daddy Sharps on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be back next week with all our best bets and much more. But first, John, who is your daddy? We are. Stay sharp, everyone. <laughs>